You're listening to the Teaching Strides podcast, a production of the Academic Development Center at Mount Royal University. I'm Julie Mooney, and this is Teaching Strides, Episode 1. Teaching Strides is a podcast series featuring Mount Royal University faculty discussing teaching practices that lead to student success. In the foothills of the Canadian Rocky Mountains in Calgary, Alberta, we have come together to engage in and support collegial cross-disciplinary exchange about teaching in higher education. We hope each episode will stimulate reflective thinking and discussion among faculty colleagues in the academy with the aim of enhancing our teaching practices and expanding our repertoires. Today we speak with Dr. Karen Manarin about a research poster assignment that prepares students to write their final essay in a writing intensive undergraduate English course. Dr. Karen Manaran is Professor of English and General Education at Mount Royal University. A recipient of MRU's Distinguished Faculty Award, Dr. Manaran's teaching and research interests include how people read and undergraduate research. Her co-authored book, Critical Reading in Higher Education, Academic Goals and Social Engagement, explores how students read in four very different required first-year courses, from scientific literacy through composition. Dr. Manarin talks about research posters in a Teaching and Learning Inquiry article published in 2016 entitled, Interpreting Undergraduate Research Posters in the Literature Classroom. Professor Karen Manarin, welcome to Teaching Strides. Thank you. Let's start by setting a bit of a stage. How did these research poster assignments come to be in your class? Okay, so I teach in English and first-year general education writing courses. And so in the humanities, we don't use research posters as a method of dissemination, really. But what I was noticing with a lot of my students' research papers was that they were what I'd call faux research, in that it looked like a research paper on the outside, but they really hadn't moved beyond uh, picking supportive quotes and just sort of inserting them into an already predetermined argument. So what I decided to do was to have a research poster session roughly two weeks before the final papers are due. During the research poster session, um, half of the students on one day and then half the students the following class Uh, bring in a research poster that contains their main claim, their examples of evidence, um, maybe a theoretical frame, depending on the level of course, and uh, a references list. And during the class, they have to stand beside their poster while the other half of the students uh, circulate and ask them questions about it. This allows me to frame research papers as uh, knowledge creation that is intended to be disseminated to peers, and also the idea that you're supposed to take uh, information that you gather and feedback that you gather at the research poster session and then help implement that into your paper. Right, and in what kind of courses would you use this kind of assignment? Okay, so all of these students would be in a baccalaureate program. Mm -hmm. I've used it in a third or fourth year English course, So you'd be looking primarily at English majors or maybe some people doing an English minor. Uh, But I've also used it in a first-year general education writing course. So those students, they haven't had exposure to uh, academic research 
very much yet anyway. And uh, they're from all different disciplines. So it's, in a way, setting the ground for developing undergraduate research projects. It's building some skills towards a more comprehensive research engagement by our undergrad students. Absolutely. So in the, the first year course, you know, I'm mostly just trying to get across the idea of what research is or, or what it should be uh, in an academic setting. My fourth year um, students are often presenting things that could be developed into conference presentations. So for instance, this year I'm doing a fourth year course in romantic life writing and they're working with non-canonical texts. And a lot of those students could um, take their final papers and present them at a romanticism conference. Mm -hmm. Another time I've done it has been with uh, a Gothic seminar. And so their students either had to deal with a 18th century non-canonical text or with a contemporary phenomenon like um, Gothic tattoos or Scooby-Doo, uh, the Japanese manga craze. They really are the experts in that particular field, and they have the opportunity uh, to display their knowledge and to be recognized as experts by their peers. Mm. And again, like for my English majors, um, English conferences, we typically don't use poster presentations. We almost always have the oral presentations. But the research poster is really important for them because it makes them move away from all the pretty, pretty words that they like to hide behind and instead uh, be able to talk about and engage with their texts on the level of ideas. You've described a bit about what the tool is and about how you developed it, but how did that process evolve? I've adapted it a bit over time in that I'm more explicit now about what I expect on the research poster, and uh, I'm much more explicit now about the need for them to try and get as much feedback as they can from the peers, because it's, it's not the end product for them. Mm -hmm. They have to uh, write that final paper a couple weeks later. But along with that final paper, uh, they have to hand in a short reflection describing the feedback they got at the poster session. And so um, that short reflection where they describe their feedback that they received, they don't necessarily have to agree with the feedback, but they have to identify something. Um, and if they chose not to take it, you know, that's their choice because they're authors, but they need to explain why they made that choice. Some of them find it very helpful to uh, use the poster basically to create a visual outline of the paper. A lot of them have talked about how it's useful for them to present the poster simply in terms of going over their research idea uh, 10 or 15 times. And over the course of repeating it so often, they come to realize what they really want to say and what needs to be clearer and what they can get rid of. Um, but the thing that they've complained about is not getting as much constructive feedback from their peers as they had wished. So if, if someone comes up and starts out with, wow, that's a really neat image, how do you then transition that person into giving you some meaningful feedback? And you know, what are some also some ways to uh, frame the feedback you might want to give to someone if you don't feel comfortable with saying, you know, I don't, I don't think you're on the right track, because like, who really feels comfortable saying that? Or um, I'm, not, I'm not clear about what's going on here. So just trying to give them some ways from both ends 
to increase the level of feedback. I think I'm also uh, really trying to get them to think of themselves as um, authors, meaning they have the authority to say something. And so what gains in student learning would you say you've observed as a result of this assignment? In terms of the poster sessions themselves, I think students are often surprised at how much they know. And they're also surprised at how their, their peers react to them, right? So, so their peers also recognize that they know. And I had one student who talked about um, it as forming an academic community, that she knew her colleague, she knew her classmates socially, but they never talked about ideas. And here they were moving, you know, from poster to poster talking about ideas. And so I think it's a relatively um, safe environment for them to Uh, display their knowledge to their peers. What wonderful feedback from the students. My students can create so much more than I ever saw when I was just doing the straight old-fashioned research paper and that's very exciting Mm. um, for me because I've been teaching for quite a while now and and, uh, sometimes you get so fixated on the errors that you don't see the possibilities that are there underneath. Um, and, and so this has let some of those ideas um, come forward. It's also um, a really efficient use of my time in the classroom because I get to see everybody's project within the space of two classes and I can redirect if somebody is really um, going off the rails in some ways or doesn't have a complete thesis or you know, isn't going to get where they think they're going with the evidence that they've displayed thus far. Could you offer any tips or suggestions for faculty colleagues who might be interested in implementing a similar practice or a similar assignment in their own teaching repertoire? When I think back about this particular assignment, I think it's really important that there is the follow-up paper to it, that it's, it's not the end piece. And I think it's really important to try to be as explicit as you can be with the students about what your expectations are because some of them will have never done this before, and so that just brings its own level of anxiety. But if they know what you're expecting from it, then the possibility is there anyway that everyone can enjoy it. Thank you, Karen. Thanks very much. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. This has been Episode 1 of Teaching Strides. Join us next time when we speak with Professor Glenn Rule about visual thinking. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Teaching Strides series on iTunes. Visit us at teachingstrides.ca, where we post guest bios and links to additional information on the topic of each episode, and where you can sign up for email alerts and our RSS feed. Teaching Strides is a production of the Academic Development Centre at Mount Royal University. Teaching Strides, MRU faculty daring greatly. Mm -hmm.